Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is favourite summer reads. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always summery, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty tired today. We just celebrated the 4th of July weekend here in the States and I was away with a friend and her two kids who I hadn't seen in a very long time. One of the kids is really almost taller than me now, which is a shame because I, I was a bit competitive. And now now I might be the shorty in the group, which is it's gonna be sad, <laughs> it's gonna be sad. Well, um, we went away, we spent a couple nights in Salem, Massachusetts, and we traveled around to some of the seaside uh, towns. But when do you believe it? The third time this summer where I've booked a holiday away, not even very far, but a holiday away in a nice hotel and everything. It poured rain the entire time, buckets and buckets of rain. And then, of course, since it's summertime, then it gets really steamy hot, and then it pours again and really steamy hot. And then we had, instead of fireworks, we had thunder and lightning. <laughs> well, you know, which is more, um, uh, what's the word, better for the climate and better for the pets. So, you know, that's good, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure thunder's better for the pets, but, you know. But I was thinking during this past week, uh, weekend away, where um, you booked two weeks in Scotland where you were booked hiking and walking out in the elements and it didn't fucking rain once. And every time I try to go out of town, it fucking rains on me. What the hell? I need you to come to Salem with me so I get nice weather. <laughs> no, it's just Scotland, honestly, it really is. I asked in my newsletter this week, this past uh, week, where are people going on the holidays and are you going away and I got a lot of responses and the overwhelming majority of people are going to Scotland because I think if you're in the UK it's easy it's an easy one to get to you don't have to uh, fly but also people from America coming from Scotland and you know the reason why TB because Scotland is always sunny in London over the last couple of weeks it's been raining today it's just constantly rained and in Scotland it's bright sunshine and, and as a friend of mine, I went out with a writing friend of mine for lunch last week, and she said, you know that the climate's in trouble when Scotland is always sunny. And this is true. Yeah, probably some of the Americans are booking uh, trips to Scotland just to get away from the heat because it's been so hot here. And now they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah. wanted the nice, cool, rainy weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've come with their all-weather gear. And they uh, the, the shorts and T-shirt shops in Scotland are going to be selling out. <laughs> probably. That's probably their banner summer. Yeah, so yeah, so that was my weekend. And you'll be happy to know I don't I don't know if you remember, but we were in when we were in Whitstable, I was searching high and low for all the charming seaside kitsch. Which I didn't really find in Whitstable because you guys are a bit like you don't really sell all the like the silly T shirts and everything, but Salem had me covered. I got plenty of T shirt kitsch in Salem because Salem is this you would be hard pressed to find a serious shirt in Salem. So yeah, so I got that out of my system, but it was a nice weekend. It was nice to catch up with uh, my friend and her kids. So that was good. And then on the work front, um, I'm still chugging along on uh, co-write with Miranda Cloud. Uh, thankfully, the words are still coming to me. So that is that has been a relief. Um, updating the ebook files for the Girl Love Happens series. Since the last two episodes are being edited right now, I'm getting ready to kind of rebrand all of that series. So as you know, who you just recently rebranded last year with your All I Want series, it's 
a tedious job, a tedious and probably thankless. No one's going to thank you. Maybe a nice reader will write in and go, thanks so much, TV, for rebranding, but I doubt it. Do you want me to write you a letter saying thanks? Yes, please. I need a little encouragement. Like, oh my gosh, thank you for doing this. I've been waiting for you to do this forever. (laughs) I've been lying awake at night thinking, when is she going to rebrand? Oh, finally. (laughs) Finally, she's getting the hit. So I'm doing that. And then uh, while I'm also doing that, I'm still uh, working here and there on the Lizzie book. Not... Not a lot because it has been a really, really busy time with the the co-write and the girl of happen stuff, and then the holiday weekend. So, but there's still, you know, still words happening on the Lizzie book. So, yeah. Other than that, I'm just really tired. I got in late last night, and then I went, I went and met a different friend for breakfast this morning. So now I'm full of uh, bacon and pancakes, and I have to talk. I have to be charming. I don't know if the charming's going to happen. <laughs> You're always charming, TV. It's just natural. Um, I, I, you know, it sounds to me like you've just got too many friends that you're seeing now. You've gone from not going out of the house for months to just meeting friend after friend after friend. I mean, you need to slow down. Well, I'm trying to, like, cram in 18 months into a summer. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, the kids are, like, out of school so we can go do stuff and everything. So it's one of those things. It's hard to say that because, you know, there is Skype and everything. I have seen them on a screen. But, you know, we get the the conversation flows more naturally, like, if you're... And we went to a diner this morning, which you would have loved, because my friend kept getting coffee. Yes, uh, do you know, that was going to be my next comment, that I'm very, very jealous of your bacon and pancakes. Although I shouldn't be too jealous, because we did have uh, one of the hotels we were at in Scotland, in in Maness. They did the most amazing pancakes with bacon and maple syrup, and we had it both days we were there. But the coffee is not out of a big jug, and they don't constantly refill it. And and I'm not sat at a diner, am I? So, uh, yeah, I am jealous of that. Actually, I had uh, breakfast in Salem a couple of days ago, and um, I always have tea with my breakfast, and she kept bringing me fresh cups of hot water, and I was like, I don't want any more tea. Stop bringing me it. But I was like, Claire would be all over this right now with the coffee part. I would. I, I like a tea and a coffee in, with my breakfast, so I, I like to, uh, two drinks, I'm um, two drinks, uh, Claire. Are you, are you doing it at the same time, just double fisting? Yeah. Like doing coffee with a tea chaser? Yeah. You see, you just said double fisting, because that's what you say. I love it. Do you guys not say that over there? We do not, but I know that it is American stroke Canadian thing, so I like to drop it into conversation and see the horror on people's faces. Sometimes I triple fist. Mm. Mm. Now you've lost me. Now I might need a diagram. Do you have the dolls? Can we see the dolls? How are things going over there besides triple fisting? Things over here are uh, manic, I would say. Um, It's a good job I went away for two weeks because I've come back to a lot of work, but it's all good. Big London Dreams, my next book out on July the 28th, so this month. So I changed my process up a little bit this time around. Um, So normally I send it off to the art team and then they send me back any uh, typos or missing words and stuff like that. And then I do the final read through on a print proof. And then normally I send it off to my proofer at the same time I send it off to my art team. This time around I sent it to my proofer first and then I did the final print proof first before I sent it to my art team. So I'm expecting less errors. <laughs> I'm hoping for less errors from the art team. But it does mean that I'm not going to have to do the final print proof again because I've already done it once. So um, I'll just put all the corrections in. If I'm sure there will be some. That final print proof is always quite involved, isn't it? And it takes a lot of time. So that's what I've been doing over the last week. And also, uh, my laptop had a meltdown at the weekend. I was meant to send my um, ARC off on Saturday, and um, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And then it wouldn't connect to uh, this 
bit of software that I have for vellum so but I just kind of walked away and left it and um, got a friend to come and look at it and then um, it's fine now so no one quite knows what happened but upshot is that I had um, I just walked away from it at the weekend came back Monday sent it off to the art team Monday so that's good and we're now on Tuesday so I was just finessing the blurb today. I've got to write the front and back matter, do the chapter preview, do the social media shizzle. I mean, we're on the home straight. Three weeks yeah, to go. Yeah, which is the time where you just want to pull your hair out because you're <laughs> tired of this book and you just want it done <laughs> and you don't want to worry about it ever again and then you just constantly remember, like, you'll be getting ready for bed and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot to do this and then you have to go write down the notes so you don't forget again. Yes. So, so yeah. I'm hoping that the actual book itself is m- more done than normal but we'll see i'll i'll see when all the arc teams start coming back to me again wow i noticed a uh, error in page one damn it did you put any french words in this one because don't you always get the french words kicked back i do and the likelihood is that i probably did because paris is mentioned a few times so but i do have a oh. french reader who's always very quick to come back to me french verse reader so um if you're listening jean-pierre uh, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll look forward to your feedback other than that uh, I have I think I mentioned last time that um, I started I ditched the book I was doing before I went on holiday came back with a new one uh, and I I was motoring through that up until last last time round uh, I've stopped slightly because I had to then do the print proof and all that so it's been put on hold for a few days but I'm I'm half I'm 30,000 words in so I'm quite pleased about that um, and my aim is to get the first draft of this done by the by the end of the month hopefully just a bit before the end of the month i'm at the stage at the moment where i'm writing the first draft and i'm like oh god i know there's so much more story that needs to go into this but it will come i know that it will come and what else have i been doing well we've been doing a lot of football because obviously it is um the euro 2020 football eurovision football contest played in 2021 now when this goes out on july the 12th it'll be over uh, the final would have been last night. So, but we're recording this on Tuesday the sixth. Uh, the first semi-final is tonight. The second semi-final is tomorrow, and features England versus Denmark. Come on, England! Did you guys beat Germany? We did. We beat Germany, and then we beat Ukraine, and we're playing well, dare I say it. So, but all the semi-final teams, I have to say, are playing well. They're in the semi-finals, so it we'll see how it goes. But do you know what I realised? England had their first group games, right? And they weren't they weren't firing on all cylinders, but they kept they haven't let in a goal yet in five games, so that's pretty good. Um, and they got through. They've had two wins and a draw in the group, and, and then they've won obviously won both their knockout games because you have to 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 proceed. Now, I think that they're very calm, they're very measured because of their manager, and they're trusting in the process, and they're learning as they go, right? And the manager has talked about they were in the World Cup semi final. And they've learned from that. And he said that they expended too much emotional energy in the quarters in the World Cup. So they've learned from that. So they, they were very calm in the quarters and they're going into the semi-final more prepared and they've learned. And like all forms of creativity, we can learn from them as well because it's just like the writing process. This is what I've realised, right, this, this week. Because I'm like, I'm doing this new book and I'm like, oh, it's not quite coming out exactly as I want. And in my head, it's a sparkling, really great story. But the first draft is never going to be this sparkling, great story. And the same for Harry Kane, this tournament, right? The first few games, everybody was writing him off and saying, oh, Harry Kane, he's looking a bit not quite up to it. He's looking slow. He's looking lethargic. 
But Harry Kane was writing his first draft, and so were the team. But they trusted the process, they were methodical, and they just kept going. And what do we always say, TB, about writing? Just keep going. And they trusted that eventually they would get to the, what our stage is, the second and third drafts, when the story starts to come to life and things click and you have like eureka moments. And that's what I'm looking forward to getting. But at the moment, I'm just slogging through the first draft. Even though I'm very excited about this book, I want it to be perfect coming out. And it never is. Um, and England, they weren't perfect and they're still not perfect, but they've just kept going and um, they have got, to, got through to the semi-finals and they're trusting the process. So I thought, you know... It's a good analogy. What do you think? Well, if England loses in the final, does that mean your book's fucked? <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> it means it's it's all Harry Kane's fault. <laughs> yeah. At least you have a scapegoat right away. <laughs> I like the process. Can I, I start blaming other shit when I can't get the words out? It's been really refreshing, actually, to support England in this tournament because they're not panicking and there's no and they're very measured and assured and there's no jingoism going on and there's no it's just they're just coming to the the football and they're just being patient and playing a good game a defensive game yes they're not the most exciting team to watch although apart from you against ukraine where we won 4-0 that was a very exciting but um they're hoping for a great outcome and so are we all but even if they don't win um i've been very impressed with them so yeah and hopefully yeah, back to the whole first draft that, that is the thing we have to keep remembering. The first draft, no matter how much you want it to be really shiny and perfect, it never gets close. No. It's always just a bloody mess. Yes. So um, I'm in the, the, the in, at the moment, I'm in the middle of a bloody mess. So uh, it's, it's like a murder scene. It's a horror story. Yeah, I actually just handed off a chapter to Miranda, and I was like... I was like, okay, there's this one bit in the book. I haven't quite figured out how I want it to come out. So there's words there that probably don't make sense. But this is what I'm trying to describe. And I was like, help me. I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> so, shall we get on to comments? What you got, comment monitor? Actually, before we get on the comments, I wanted to mention something. Because I believe this uh, podcast episode is coming out on July 12th, which is the day we are launching. Can you believe it was two year two years ago? When we published the Cotswold series. I can't. It's our two-year anniversary. Yes, of the Village Raymonts, yeah. yes. Yeah, so um, we all, you, Harper, and uh, me, we have all gotten together, and we have dropped the prices of our books to two ninety nine. So anybody who wants to vacation in the Cotswolds without, you know, actually going to the Cotswolds... <laughs> I recommend this um, series. I had a lot of fun working on this series. We, we had a lot of fun. We did a lot of prep work where we met up and we did a road trip. We rented a, a van, four lesbians in a van going through the Cotswolds. I mean, what's not to love about that? We probably should have written the story about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially the bit where we all got car sick and had to change seats. <laughs> Very bendy road. But yeah, so um, if uh, listeners haven't had a chance to pick up the Cotswold series, um, they all are going to be on sale for two ninety nine starting July twelfth. I keep wanting to say I always confuse July and January. I always want to say Ju- January. Yes. What is July? Starting July the twelfth, which is today when this comes out. So um, yep, yep. You've got it's it's sales on for another ten days. So go grab it or go grab all of them. All right. So now for comments, we have an email from Neen to our lesbians to write email, and uh, Neen thinks we are hilarious, even though she was shocked by the fact I hadn't seen Calamity Jane. It, it didn't stop her from listening to that episode, so I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't too shocking. I still have not seen the movie. I mentioned it to someone else, 
And she also has agreed that I've lost all my lesbian points. It's been a rough summer for me. Rough summer. Uh, we had an email from Jamie Moody, who missed the podcast while we were on a break, but understands why we needed the rest. And Jamie thanks us for everything. And we had a comment from Candice, who uh, recommended our podcast, podcast episode 110 on Twitter. For writers old and new who are struggling with names for um, your characters and the tips we offered and everything like that. So we appreciate, Candice, for you giving us the thumbs up and recommending it on Twitter. I think that's all the comments I have on this side. What about you? I got nothing. So if you want to stop me feeling lonely, do send me a comment. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you do want to send us a comment, uh, do do so on the website, uh, lesbianswhowrite.com, email lesbianswhowrite.gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram me. Um, I know we usually do that at the end, but um, I've had no comments and I'm feeling unloved, so... Um, it's just, the, I mean, the accounts they're sending them to are our accounts. I'm just the one who checks them. <laughs> I know, so, but normally people do... It's not like they're ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel unloved, TV. Let's get on to the topic at hand, which is favourite summer reads. So, TB, got any favourite summer reads? I do. I kind of break the TB brand in the summer because usually the rest of the year I'm always grabbing stories that are deep and dark. I really like dark thrillers. I really like dark mysteries, um, whodunits with a lot of blood and guts on the page. But the time I get to summer, it's just too bright out and too cheery and there's just like so much rainbow stuff going on. That instead of the really dark and angsty and everything, I veer off course completely towards more rom-coms and cozy mysteries. Like, I don't want anything dark at all, which is weird. There's like three months out of the year where I'm actually kind of a cheerful person. Did you know that? I didn't. I hadn't noticed a marked difference, and I'm not going to lie. But (laughs) I was just thinking it's a good job we didn't do um, our episode, Are All Right as Miserable, in the summer, right? Because you'd be like, no, I'm fucking cheery. I mean, I got a pink shirt on today. You can't see it. I'm wearing pink shorts. Um, yeah, I'm all I'm all pinked out right now. She's a sticky pink. Um, yeah, so I, I I veer towards, and I also really like um really much larger books this time of year. I I just got back from a trip where I went to a um, used bookshop and I picked up some books. And so this is the summer where I usually pick up a, a Brandon Sanderson book. Which let me show you my next book read. Can you see that? Oh my god. Dear listener, she's showing me a book that she can hardly hold in, but she has to have two hands to hold. How many pages? 1,300. 1,300! 1300. Oh my god, I don't think I've ever read a book with 1,300 pages. How do you how do you hold that as an actual book? Like, uh, it would always be yeah, falling on... Book. It would always be falling on my head. That's just, no, it's not for me. Yeah, so that's what I usually... Uh, I'll dig into that. Um, it's the second book in the Stormlight series. I know that's going over your head, but I think we do have some Brandon Sanderson fans who listen because uh, Sanderson's awesome. I do know of him because he's done that Kickstarter, hasn't he, where he raised about $7 million or something uh, for a special edition of one of his books. So, I mean, well done him. Uh, he's got he's He's got the fans. He's got the platform. I did actually recommend him to a friend of mine who likes um, that sort of genre, and she really loved the books. I would, if your friend asks, I would recommend the Mistborn series, just in case she hasn't found the Mistborn series. But I'm on the, um, what is it again? Yeah, the Stormlight. I'm on the Stormlight series. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I have that. Um, so I, I tend to veer towards really long books, um, but I've also... I veer more towards the rom-coms. I picked up a uh, book two in the 
Confessions of a Shopaholic series. I got big book two recently because I loved the first book. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, looking forward to. I I saw you were reading the newest Casey McQuiston, but I also picked up a copy of Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yes, I picked up the latest Casey McQuiston. I haven't read uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue, but I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, I I, I pre-ordered uh, One Last Stop, so I'm reading it at the moment. I'm liking it. Uh, yeah, I'm about thirty percent in. I was a little, I was a little confused by that one because I know Red, White, and Royal Blue. I mean that thing fucking smashed the charts all over the place. And I think didn't they get picked up? Didn't they get an option for her series, the TV? I don't yeah. know. It wouldn't surprise me. I was, I was looking on her page actually last night, and uh, I saw that it's got like you know it's been translated left, right, and center into all the languages. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me because it it hits every list, and even even this year, you know, with all the Pride uh, lists coming out, it. It's obviously a good book, but it's got a, a very jolly cover as well, hasn't it? So, looks good on an Instagram yeah. photo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is, it is very Instagrammable for people who are trying to look at cover designs for their next book. I, I heard the next one has a little bit of a time travel thing, which... I Does Red, White, and Royal Blue have a time travel thing? Or is that just something she was like, I'm going to try it? I don't know. Uh, I haven't read it. Uh, but to my knowledge, no. Yeah, this one has a time travel thing. We haven't quite unraveled it yet, but 30%. But yes, apparently it's a woman oh. stuck in the 70s. Yeah, on the subway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like my immediate question is like, how does she go to the bathroom? <laughs> I was like, what is she, does she just never go to the bathroom? I don't think I have the mindset of just like a random time travel in the middle of a romance. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how you like it. But I... I do have that book as well to read so yeah i go light and kind of well the sanderson books aren't light since they're like 1300 pages but i can handle fantasy right now i can't do the dark thrillers where there's a lot of blood and guts so when you're reading you say you go longer in the summer so is that because you're you uh have more time you're thinking you might have more time to sit in the sunshine yeah usually um i have a, a deck so yeah i can sit out there until about 8 39 o'clock at night to read and i it's really hot in the apartment and so sometimes it's better to go sit on the deck where i have a little bit of a breeze and not die of heat stroke yeah so that's the kind of like summer reading i go for you each i'm always i look forward to it i like to pick up a big a few chunky books and just really dig into it actually i only showed you one brandon Sanderson. i haven't the second the third one in the series that's just as big i see i don't think i my reading habits don't change uh, for the summer but I know a lot of people do like I remember um, when One Golden Summer came out which was last year right last year yeah yeah um, which is the book that we co-wrote together my sister saw that and she went oh I must read your latest one because I love a summer book now uh, I, I don't think I do pick them up but I think it's quite clever so I was thinking about this with one of uh, the authors that I always think is a she's a really reliable read and she does fantastic rom-coms and that is Sarah Morgan and they're not um, they don't have any queer characters in I've never come across one single queer character in any of her books which is a bit annoying frankly she needs to at least introduce a fucking side character come on Sarah chop chop but as a study in writing really flowing great romantic comedies she she know she should write the book hey da -dum, ba -dum, chish. Nope. there you go um but, but not, she... not that she doesn't include gay characters yes anymore. she needs to write that representation book. yeah <laughs> but what i realized that she does every single year she writes a christmas book 
And I think her readers come to expect that. So she releases that at the end of October every year. And I think at, at sort of probably around April every year, she releases a summer book. So she's a very seasonal writer. Uh, and I only really realised this when I was thinking about the books that I read. And I always read her summer books and I always read her, read her Christmas books. Isn't that weird? I never thought about it before. Okay. So, and I think it's a good thing to do because I think readers do, you know, the summer holidays and people going away to read is a thing, isn't it? As, as is Christmas. If you're, if you're thinking about should I, what should I write a Christmas book, also think about writing a summer book because I'd never put the word summer in a title before. But I think the good thing, until we did One Golden Summer, but I think the good thing about summer books is that people read them all year round, whereas people are less likely to read Christmas books all year round because everybody always wants a bit of summer, don't they? So if you're thinking about what book to write next, think about writing a summer book. I know we're talking about our reading preferences here, but as I said, I always go for Sarah Morgan's Christmas ones and I've read a couple of her summer ones too and she does them well. Um, I think maybe Harper Bliss has has figured this out because she's, when I think of a, a lesbian romance summer book, I think of hers. Seasons of Love and Summer's End are both terrific reads and they're ones that you can smell the suntan cream and sex on the beach and in the sea and buy a pool and... And the fictional version of Sex on the Beach in, is always better than the reality, isn't it? Because there's no sand up your ass, right? Up your ass? What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, TV, you've got to get into it. Well, you've got triple fisting <laughs> sand up your ass. <laughs> You're just really pressing all my brood buttons today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were the one who brought up double fisting in the first place, so you know. Those two books I really enjoyed, and, and, and they do, you know, if I think about them now, I don't wholly remember the the characters and the stories because I don't generally reread books so I, I, but I remember the feeling they left me with and they left me with a feeling of happy warm sun on my skin women falling in love beautifulness so um those two are fantastic choices and um, the other one that I read recently that would be a brilliant one to take away on holiday and that's actually one that I have bought uh, for a few of my friends and uh, they've all taken it away with them or just read it in their garden when they're staycationing <laughs> so and that is um, Taylor Jenkins read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo um, I mean I'd be very happy on a beach with this one it's funny you mention it because I was in a bookstore the other day with a friend and I was like have you read that she's like no but I hear it's really fantastic and I almost picked it up but I did not I picked up the Sanderson right sorry <laughs> you're a bad lesbian <laughs> No. The thing about this book, though, right? It's been pointed out repeatedly this summer. <laughs> Another mark on your card, TB. The thing about The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, though, right, is that I remember my sister-in-law recommending this book to me with a pointed look down a Zoom call, right? And my sister-in-law is a huge reader, and she read it maybe about two or three years ago, and she said to me, have you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Now, that title does not sound like it's a lesbian romance, right? I was like, well, no, I haven't, but I haven't really heard of Taylor Jenkins Reid and I'm, I'm, you know, The Seven Husbands of Edmund I'm not sure it's, you know, I, if you recommend it to me, I would take it seriously, that recommendation, because she's got good, good taste, uh, but I'm not, it's not going to be one I rush to. And then all of a sudden, every queer woman in the world started reading it. Um, and I think that's one of those books that's just been a phenomenal breakout hit. Okay, so it is a queer book, because that was the other conversation we had in the bookstore where we were like... I keep seeing it all in, like, the queer reads, and I'm like, I don't get it. It's Seven Husbands. Exactly. Like, oh, is it a queer book? It's a queer book. No, but that's why I didn't read it for so long, right? Because everyone was recommending it to me, and I'm like, but I don't get it. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Like, I've got other books in my queue that I'm more likely to read. No, it's a, it's a queer book. Okay. So, um, and it's a Hollywood 
queer book and it's a time span like a, it goes from the 40s to now queer book so it's it's an epic queer romance is it a time travel one where i'm going to try to figure out where this woman's pooping on the train <laughs> there's no time travel <laughs> you'll be pleased to know just flashbacks <laughs> Uh, but it's not one of those books like I don't I'm not a huge lover of flashbacks but this book does it really well um, you know it's sort of told it's basically done in the manner of somebody interviewing an, an old Hollywood star who's had seven husbands but the whole point is they were all they weren't most of them weren't love matches they were just they were just a, a front because she was actually always in love with an, a, another woman who was also a Hollywood actress is it kind of like a take on Elizabeth Taylor? Didn't she have seven husbands or something like that? I think but it, yeah. I think adding it, the queer factor. Yeah, I think it's kind of takes its lead from that. I'm sure there are plenty of uh, Hollywood stars we can think of whose the rumours are that they're gay and all their marriages have just been fronts. And um, this just shows you how easily it can be done. So yeah, so that one, I'd recommend that one for a summer read. Um, I absolutely loved it. And as I said, it's the one I bought for more friends uh, this year than any other book uh, I can think of in recent years. And they all fucking love it. And why wouldn't you? It really did leave me with a book hangover. And she just released another one called Malibu Rising. Now, I it, I don't know if that is a happy, happy, joy, joy read. <laughs> but Malibu Rising sounds summery, right? So maybe that's a good one it as does. well. Um, I've read one other Taylor Jenkins read. I don't think, you know, not all, all her books are queer books. Um, I read one other one, which is called Forever Interrupted, I think. And I really, I did enjoy that. It's it's not a queer read, but I really did enjoy it. So uh, I think I will be reading more TJR, as she is now known. Interesting for her as well is that I think she'd been writing for quite a long time before her books hit. And The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and... Daisy Jones and the Six, her two big ones, they've been out for a while before they really sort of took off. So, uh, again, just be aware that that could happen as well. Yeah, wasn't there a few years ago where this one indie author was getting all these requests for podcast interviews and everything because, like, he was an overnight sens sensation? He's like, yeah, it was only 19 years in the making. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But all of a sudden, overnight, he was a sensation. It does happen at weird times. Like, well, yeah, there's usually a lot of prep work going into that and a lot of pain and suffering before they big hit. Yes. The other one I just read was About Last Night by um, Mari McFarlane, who is my new uh, book author crush. Not that I fancy her, just that I fancy her writing. She's just fucking brilliant. She's the best rom-com writer in the UK right now. You know, like Marion Keys is just fantastic. I think her characters are in the where she is in her career, like she's seven or eight years in, and Marion Keys has been doing this for like 25 years. Seven or eight years in, her characters are more fully fleshed out than Marion's were at that point. Sorry, Marion, I love you. But um, Mary McFarlane is just fantastic. So you would rate her above the Bridget Jones and Shopaholic series? Yes. Well, fuck, why didn't you tell me this two weeks ago when I bought the next Shopaholic book? <laughs> <laughs> Although I did just read uh, um, Sophie Kinsella, right? She's the Shopaholic lady. I think I, so. I read another book of hers. Oh, look, there's a theme going on. And it's called Twenties Girl. And it's about, did I tell you about this one? It's about a woman who goes to a funeral of a, like a distant great aunt. And then the great aunt, the ghost of the great aunt turns up. And she takes her back to the twenties, and she's and then she has her like looking for a particular item that she's lost, uh, and the ghost just haunts her until she finds it. And it's really funny, but there's also a bit of time sort of time travel, a bit of supernaturalness. I really enjoyed that. It's called Twenties Girl. 
time travel again. Yes. I'm going to have to... Well, I guess it is time travel and a ghost. Yeah. This one's going to be hard. I know. You <laughs> this see, one's going to be hard on if, me. If you told me there was supernatural time travel in a book, I probably would say, oh, no, it's not my thing. But I read it and I fucking loved it. So there you go. If it's done well, it's, it is phenomenal. And I'm sure... I'm, I was just teasing. I'm sure Casey McQuiston's book is done very well. She... She's obviously yeah. knows what she's doing with. When I find out where she goes for a poo, I'll let you know. Please, please keep me informed. Can we have like poo updates. <laughs> um, and when I asked my readers uh, what they, what books they like to read the, uh, in the summer, I did ask them this a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, shall I give you a few of the recommendations that I got back? Um, Absolutely. None of these I've read. I uh, know I've read one of them. So Melissa Braden's Strawberry Summer. I think the thing is, if you want to get, if you want a summer book to stick in someone's head, name it. The, put the word summer in the title, and then they'll go, oh, I love that summer book. So Melissa Braden's Strawberry Summer, Lise Gold's French Summer, Melissa Therese's The Heat of Summer, and Kate Christie's The Girls of Summer. Uh, do we see a pattern? I, I read Kate Christie's The Girls of Summer and um, enjoyed that, but you do have to love uh, football or soccer, as you would say, to really enjoy that. So it's a bit of a YA well, soccer book. Especially, hmm? especially that pronunciation of soccer. Soccer? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how you say it? Soccer. Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely how we say it here, all of us. But I did read um, Melissa Braden's Strawberry Summer, and I would have to agree that it was a beautiful book. Melissa Braden's pretty reliable, isn't she, for writing a good book? And, you know, she understands the whole summer thing. So I think what I've taken away from this is that um, any any book is a good summer read if you enjoy it in the summertime. <laughs> but if you want people, a book to stick in people's head, put the word summer in the title. That's going to be my, t that's going to be my thing for next year, TV. I'm going to write another book with summer in the title. So every month you like a uh, publish is going to be like this is the October book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this it's the February book. Do you know it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. I remember uh, what was it a few weeks ago when you're like what should we talk about next? I'm like we should do our favorite summer reads, and you kind of gave me like a head tilt like what? <laughs> now I'm understanding. <laughs> so you can read any book you like in the summer uh, as long as you read it in the summer, and that's that is our wise words for today. Anything else to say, TV? I don't think I could top that. No. <laughs> We're so wise. What do you think? Um, tell us your favourite summer reads. Does it have the word summer in the title? I'd love to know. We'd love to know. The two of us as one. Let us know. Uh, ways to get in touch on the website, lesbiansyourwrite.com, email lesbiansyourwrite at gmail.com, Facebook us, Twitter us at leswhowrite, and Instagram me. And join us next week when we will be discussing translations. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much, and see you next time. Music